This is a podcast from Minute Media. Welcome, everybody, to the Lakers Legacy Podcast, where I do not like green eggs and ham, but I do like that the Lakers have named Darvin Ham as their next head coach. Sam, I am. Uh, Sam, I am not, but Ham, he is. Darvin Ham is your new Lakers head coach. I'm your host, Jonathan Hernandez, and today we interrupt our current Lakers Legacy programming of early free agency talk that we've been doing the last few weeks to bring you some sights and sounds from the Lakers version of Coachella. And uh, today, to help me semi-instantly react to the Lakers' new head coach, I'm joined by a special guest, longtime friend of the podcast, longtime friend of mine, 30-plus year Lakers season ticket holder, my best friend, Andy Chang. Andy, how are you doing tonight? Even though the Boston Celtics just advanced to the finals, the Lakers do have some good news because they also have a new head coach. Yeah, aside from... Giving the Celtics a shot at number 18. Everything else is good. That's great to hear. So, obviously, you've heard the news. The Lakers on Friday, right before Memorial Day weekend, decided to consummate a coaching deal with former Bucks assistant coach Darvin Ham. So, we're just going to, so this is going to be a very short podcast, a micropod. Um, originally, I scheduled Andy on to this weekend to talk about uh, free agency, but we're going to table that and just talk about Darvin Ham really quick, give our raw reactions, and then uh, I'll probably have another more in-depth reaction podcast with Tommy and or Alan sometime uh, this coming week. But for now, Andy, you're the lucky guy who gets first dibs on this ham sandwich. Um, <laughs> so... I'll set this up really quick. The Lakers interviewed a slew of head coaching candidates, including Kenny Atkinson, Mark Jackson, who you heard on the broadcast, unfortunately, tonight, um, Toronto assistant coach Adrian Griffin, Terry Stotts, um, and then out of that crop, Kenny Atkinson, Darvin Ham, and Terry Stotts emerged as the top three, with Ham ultimately winning out. So Darvin Ham won out so much that after his interview on Thursday, the Lakers opted to forgo giving Kenny Atkinson a second interview and officially made Darvin Ham their man, signing him to a four-year contract. The Lakers took their time, they cast a wide net, they gave a longer contract to Ham than they had, than they had been giving to their previous coaches, including uh, Frank Vogel, and the failed botched negotiations with Ty Lue. So this time around, it seemed like they were more decisive and swift. So throughout this process... First, what was your initial reaction when um, the Lakers hired Darvin Ham? And throughout the process, were you rooting for anyone in particular? So, so my first initial reaction was that of a... I think this was my actual... This was my actual reaction. Like, hmm, okay. <laughs> <laughs> kind of like that. <laughs> my friend... Surprisingly, you did not send me the first notification i actually got it from oh. a different friend um 
just a, a screenshot. You usually are the one to beat everyone, but uh, <laughs> I'm the Sham Sharanya of our friendship. <laughs> exactly. You're probably too busy celebrating on your own. Um, but yeah, I, I thought it was a great uh, selection. You know, I, I think a lot of us Laker fans were kind of hesitant about the potential names that we were hearing. Um, but you mean like Mark Jackson and yeah. Doc Rivers and stuff? <laughs> <laughs> um, but I'm glad we didn't do that, and I'm glad that we made a solid choice in Ham. There's really, I think for a lot of people who don't really know him, not very much expectation going into it, which I think is good for a Lakers coach, especially one with a LeBron-led team. Since we all know LeBron plays a big role in, in kind of the X's and O's of it. Um, so the ham sandwich is a good sandwich to start it's the day sandwich. and for lunch and dinner as well. Um, there you go. And I, I think it's going to end well, start well and end well uh, with a championship in a, in a couple of oh, years. Oh, hey. All right. Now, during the process, did you have him at the top of your leaderboard when you were hearing like Kenny Atkinson, Terry Stotts? Like how did you have your tier set up if you even had a tier? So what I've learned to do with coaches is not put too much expectation going into it because mm-hmm. after Phil, I feel like it's it's you're never really going to get to that bar. And, you know, everyone else is kind of like a tier lower, in my opinion. And that's sure. probably just because we, we grew up in that age. Um, so when I hear the names of, you know, like, as you mentioned, the Doc Rivers... I'm just kind of shaking my head like, oh, God, not not this talk again kind of thing. <laughs> so I, I definitely like, you know, the players coach in in Darwin's selection. Um, it was kind of like, you know, that whole Tyron Lu thing, as you mentioned. But this time we actually pulled the trigger quick and, you know, hopefully we learned our lesson last time. So, yeah, I mean, Darwin was a great name that I heard in the beginning. And I'm glad that we ended up uh, choosing him. Yeah, for sure. So for me, I found out these days, because I'm old and you're old too with two sons, um, these days I seem to find out breaking news after a nap or something. So that's probably why I didn't text you immediately because I woke up from a nap and was like 20 minutes a little bit too late. And I was like, whoa, what the heck? And you know, when you're waking up from a nap, you're disoriented and stuff. And I was just like, is this real life? Is this actually a real source, et cetera, et cetera. But Totally was, made for a great Friday heading into Memorial Day weekend. And I think the biggest thing for me was that the Lakers were decisive and intentional about it. They didn't waffle, but we also know that they actually did take their time. In fact, we're like, hey, isn't the draft coming up? Don't you want your new head coach to be at these workouts and whatnot? And then free agency soon after. So I'm glad they finally pulled the trigger and made their decision. I think everything that I've heard so far coming out of the Lakers camp and why they decided to make this move is encouraging. Ham reportedly checked all the boxes for them in terms of, I think Polinka said they wanted a leader of men. Obviously, you know the Lakers, they're a mom and pop shop. They love to keep things in the family. So they got someone who's actually familiar with the organization from his assistant coaching player development days with the Lakers. He was actually on the Lakers, I think 2011 to 2013. So he was on that Dwight Howard, now this is going to be fun, Steve Nash team. So if you've made it through that experience, you know that you've gone through it all. Um, He's obviously a former player, has that uh, relatability with players today. 
And he has a breadth of experience, I think, which is the most important part in terms of he's been an assistant coach since 2011. He was with the Lakers, obviously. He, was, he did some D-League, G-League stints before that. Then he migrated over to Atlanta, where he was an assistant coach with Bud for like five years, I think, 2013 to 2018. So they sort of helmed over that Al Horford, Kyle Korver, uh, Paul Millsap group of Hawks teams that were, you know, number one in the East, et cetera, et cetera. And then obviously, you know, his last few stints with uh, the Milwaukee Bucks uh, winning the championship last year. So I think his breadth of experience is great as an assistant coach. And I think timing just lined up for him to finally step into this head coaching position. And then the, the, the I guess the most encouraging part that I heard was that the Lakers really grilled him on his X's and O's. Obviously, we don't know what those X's and O's are, but just hearing that phrase, we're like, X's and O's, great! He knows his X's and O's, so we can only go off of that, but that's good that they put an emphasis on that, and it seemed like he sold them on that aspect of the job. And it wasn't just purely like, oh, I get along well with people, and I'll just let LeBron do his thing. I actually have some tactical aspects to how I coach. Um, but, Andy, here's the most important part, and you kind of uh, alluded to it a little bit. To quote LeBron James on Twitter, so damn excited! Eight exclamation marks. Congrats and welcome, Coach D. Ham. Five hand clap emoji signs. Hashtag Lake Show from LeBron James. So you tell me how important it is that LeBron James is on board. And it seems like Anthony Davis is on board as well, but mainly LeBron James, who we're looking to sign to an extension hopefully this summer. Oh yeah, it's huge. You always want your star players buy-in and everyone's going to kind of follow suit behind LeBron. But, um, you know, with, with the player coaches, or let me rephrase that, coaches who have been players in the past, I think the majority of them, you know, were those role players. I don't think we ever really see star players become coaches in the future right so darvin ham was always kind of that uh that tough guy coming off the bench and enforcer kind of always undersized um you know and, and i think for him to kind of instill his playing ways in us i think that'll be huge um just both you know on the floor and mentally yeah no i agree and so, you know, for me, I think it's a great hire as well. He was on the top of my personal list. And I just like that you mentioned Terry Stotts, Doc Rivers, Mark Jackson. I just like that the Lakers went away from the low-hanging fruit, big-name retreads of the past and just went with sort of, it's a gamble, right, to give someone who's never had a head coaching job their first job and for it to be the Lakers' job. You like stack many levels on top of that, and there's a lot of expectations. That's a lot to put on a first-time head coach, right? But given what the Lakers have been doing these past couple years, and even in the ways that they sign free agents, it's just, it seems uninspiring at the end of the day. And I like that they looked for a hopefully fresh, innovative voice, one with creativity, one who has the resume of being an assistant coach in many different circumstances. So he's obviously seen a lot. He's coached a lot of different star players. He's played on a lot. He was on the Detroit Pistons championship team as a player, right? So he's had a numerous amount of experiences on all different levels. And so for me, I think it's a smart to take a gamble on a younger coach. And it's funny, he's not that young. He's actually the same age as Frank Vogel, believe it or not. They're both 48. You, you wouldn't think that, but he is. 
Um, but for me, I hope that he can just inject this team with some innovation and adaptability. And I think that's the biggest thing. And I think the Lakers saw what was happening around the league with coaches who are recent former players like Willie Green, Ime Udoka, unfortunately, with the Boston Celtics. Um, Jason Kidd might be the one guy who was a star who's actually doing well and solidly as a head coach, right? But Jason Kidd, who was also an assistant coach last year, um, I think for the Lakers, I, I guess before I go, what what do you think on your end the Lakers were looking for this time around in hiring a guy like Darvin? What do you think that went into their thought process? Well, I think, to be honest, I think they thought about what happened with Luke. <laughs> there's, there's some okay, similarities yeah, let's, let's, there. So let's talk about Luke Walton then and, and, and bleed it into your answer because my question to you is we – we tried to do this before. And when we did it with Luke, everybody was also on board because it was like, hey, this is fresh. This is new. The Lakers looked over to the, at the Boston Celtics again, and they were like, hey, who's this Brad Stevens young dude who's making all these swift changes and everybody, everything seems so innovative? Let's try and do that with Luke Walton. So, yeah, talk to me about Luke and why do you think this time it'll be different? And then, yeah, I guess you can bleed into your answer, like their line of thinking. Yeah, I, I, I think we discussed it off podcast and you brought up a good point. It was It's just the experience, right? I think with his pedigree in coaching, uh, it makes a big difference because, you know, like you said, he's been with us during those failed star teams and then he's been with other teams and he's also been with a championship team all as an assistant coach mm -hmm. so obviously that's a far cry from what Luke Walton uh, stepped into when he became our head coach and you know just their I think their overall style of play to just thinking back in their player days is a lot different um, I think we were all kind of I don't know, just we all fell in love with Luke as the player, as the Laker, and we mm -hmm. gave him a, the benefit of the doubt a lot of the times, whereas, you know, we didn't have that. Darvin Ham was never a Laker, right? He was never a Laker. He wasn't. So. He, he wasn't yeah. <laughs> yeah. Now that I'm thinking about it, like, wait, wait, was he? But no, he, he bounced <laughs> around a lot of teams, but I don't think he, he ever landed in the purple and gold. So, um, you know, we don't have that familiarity with him. So this is different in that he's a total different face, um, you know, coming in with a new organization. But yeah, I mean, what, what were your thoughts about the similarities and differences? Sorry, before I get to my thoughts, you, you were mentioning that you, going back to the Lakers line of thinking, you said they had Luke in mind. So if they had Luke in mind, why do you think they went with Darvin Ham? They just wanted a redemption in this. this oh, whole redemption! Idea. Oh, that. Yeah. Oh, so that's the angle. They want to redo the Luke thing, but this time with someone with a little bit more foundation of experience. Yeah, I think they. I think it was just kind of a bad scar. You know, they mm -hmm. it um, it kind of scared them away after the Luke failure, and and they decided to go with Volgo, who was kind of like their third choice. But I think deep down they wanted to go back to kind of building around almost like a Tyrone Lou type of thing where mm -hmm. they have a good rapport with the star player in that he's a player's coach. 
And so I thought this worked out well, um, but you know, we have yet to play a single game. That, no, I like I like that angle because I never thought about the PTSD from Luke, which probably is the reason why when they chose their next head coach with Frank Vogel, they went with an established coach. And then on top of it, they were like, let's have all, all of his assistant coaches be previous head coaches too. Like they almost overcompensated to the max. Um, and so this is kind of reverting back to that. And even we're hearing now that it sounds like they're going to give Darvin Ham a little bit more autonomy to pick his head coaching staff and maybe not outright pick it, but at least collaborate with them to do so. So maybe we're not going to get that that total, you know, no pun intended, hampering of Darvin where he the, the Lakers will handpick like, here, you have to be with this guy, this guy, and this guy, right? We know they wanted Terry Stotts to be part of his staff or whatnot, but it seems like at the very least they're going to give uh, Darvin Ham a little bit more free reign than they did um, even Frank Vogel. But, you know, to go back to the Luke point, Luke had only been an assistant coach with Steve Kerr for two years, and I think he was the shiny new thing, right? He, he I think he was a coach in Memphis too before that, but outside of that, it's pretty much three years of assistant coaching straight out of playing in the NBA, and even in the stints that he had with the Golden State Warriors, he took the reins from Kerr for half of the season in 2016, and look, this is impressive. He got the Warriors off to a 39-4 and start, um, and by the end of the year, they finished that record 73-9 and season, right? But at the end of the day, he, he was coaching Kevin Durant, Clay Thompson, Draymond Green, Steph Curry, and Andre Iguodala. Not to say anybody can coach that team, but at that point when he took the reins from Kerr, the Warriors were already a well-oiled machine. His job was not to get in the way. Um, so with Darvin Ham, like, like we've been mentioning, he's been through so many different experiences, seen so many different iterations of all these different teams, including, I think, the breadth of experience that he got just from the Atlanta Hawks teams that rotated over, I think is enough. But then seeing the evolution of Giannis and how Mike Budenholzer, you know, there were a couple of times before Bud uh, won the championship last year where people were like, hey, we got to fire Bud because he can't seem to get over the hump with Giannis Mm. and the Bucks, right? So for them to go through that wall, I think is just very crucial experience. And the fact that Darvin Ham was almost, you know, secondhand to all of that will prove very crucial to his experience with the Lakers, which we know is going to be a very dramatic and bumpy, (laughs) bumpy ride, obviously. Um, So yeah, I mean, I think it's a great hire. Let's, I'm I'm just going to put a break marker here. And then when we return, let's just close this out really quickly on, you know, just some, just some quick positives off the hand that we already think that Darvin Ham is going to bring without going into the X's and O's. So we will catch you guys after the turn. All right, so we're back. Uh, Andy, some quick tidbits on Darvin Ham. I already mentioned he's 48 years old. He's not that young. Frank Vogel is also 48. I think Darvin Ham just seems younger because he was a former player and played basketball in the last generation of the NBA we remember with Kobe. Um, Darvin Ham was also famously in the same slam dunk contest as a rookie Kobe Bryant. <laughs> I think, you know, eventually handing the trophy trophy over to him, but he had some pretty sick dunks in that uh, contest. Um Ham, as I mentioned, was a former assistant player development coach with the Lakers from 2011 to 13. But did you know that on that same coaching staff, I think it was 2013, the other assistant coaches, well, one, Mike Brown was the head coach, Mm -hmm. but Quinn Snyder was actually also on that staff as well. And then I think in Atlanta with Bud, the other three or four assistant 
head coaches on the staff are now all head coaches head coach, or yeah. have been head coaches like Taylor Jenkins and mm-hmm. all that. So he's been with a pretty, that's, that's a pretty nice brain trust when it comes to coaching, right? That uh, Darvin Ham has been able to learn under, which is encouraging. Um, as I mentioned, he won a championship as a player with the Pistons in 2004 against us, the Lakers. Um, yeah, I think that's, that's pretty much it. Uh, the biggest thing for me is he's played with and been an assistant coach to so many legendary Hall of Fame players, and now he gets to coach LeBron James, argue, arguably the best basketball player in NBA history, and then Anthony Davis, a future Hall of Famer trying to discover whether or not he can take that next leap into surefire MVP best player in the league, Giannis-like territory. So it should be a fun and interesting time to see how this all works out and coalesces. But uh, Andy, what are some, if you can think of it, we don't, you don't have to go into X's and O's because we don't know the X's and O's. We don't know his philosophy and schemes or whatever. But off the bat, what are the positives that you think Darvin Ham will already bring even before we step onto the court? Yeah, I think we, we've already touched on a couple. But I think the first thing is just, for me, the expectation level. You know, it's, he's a first-time head coach stepping in. So um, it's not like, you know, if we hire Doc Rivers, the immediate expectation level is 70 games, you know. But with Darvin Ham, it's just kind of like, okay, well, we're probably going to give him a couple games here and there to fill it out. Um, and, you know, the pressure is obviously still there. But with someone new, I feel like it's easier to kind of handle um, coming into the to Lakerland. And then obviously, you know, what we have um, just based on his knowledge of, of how he played as a player playing on the Pistons in, in that gritty kind of defensive-minded team that won that championship, um, you have to believe that that's kind of the, the philosophy that he's going to bring here. Um, mm-hmm. So, you know, those are the, the couple of things that I'm excited about and, and hopefully um, he can strengthen AD the way that he was able to play, you know, as a player. So what do you think he can do for AD knowing that he kind of helped, was a part of seeing Giannis transform into literally an MVP type player? What, what are your hopes for what Darwin does with, with AD in that respect? Because it's funny, right? Because LeBron James is also on this team. In some senses, if you like parallel the Bucks to the Lakers, LeBron's kind of also the Giannis on this team. So who's AD in the Bucks perspective? You almost also kind of want to add like his experience with the Hawks and because Al Horford is kind of like Anthony Davis too. So I like that he has, a again, like a breadth of experience to pull from, but what are your hopes that he can do with, with Anthony Davis and what he just learned with Giannis? Well, you got to believe that Darvin Ham is just going to be straight with him. You know, he's not going to baby him into thinking, oh, yeah, let's play the four whenever you want. I think Darvin's going to be, you know, more demanding of his actual capabilities to play. Whether or not it's at the five for the majority of the games, he's going to push him to a point where um, I feel like as a player, you kind of know your teammates, right? He's got to know his players and the way that he can push them to their 
capabilities on the floor. So if, if you can notice or, or just see on the floor that AD is struggling or he needs the help, whether it's conditioning or strength, or it's just surrounding him with the right players to kind of, you know, um, complement just the style of play, you got to believe that Darvin Ham has that, just the mental awareness on the court to mm-hmm. understand that. Yeah, even just being a player himself, right? And I think that's Darvin Ham's honestly biggest positive. Every The moment he got named head coach, pretty much the entire NBA, all the NBA players were like congratulating him. Like he is just so widely regarded as an upstanding dude by coaching staffs, by players. Um, he knows how to build his players up, affirm them, but he also knows how to, it's been reported that he knows how to uh, stand up to them. He's not gonna you know, bend down and uh, bend the knee, so to say. He can man up, stand up to someone like LeBron and AD, keep it 100 with them, and let them know what they need to do. And he has the credibility to do that, right? You're like, I just won a championship with Giannis. I know how to do this. And then, again, when it comes to, like, the younger players, he just knows how to relate to them on a deeper level because he was a player himself, and I think that will really help this team. And overall, I think the Lakers, when they made this hire, were looking at a culture shift for the entire organization as well. You know, it's kind of like we need to rinse ourselves off of like, look, we know we're a mom and pop shop team. We know it's sort of archaic the way we've been running things. Let's just get some freshness, some renewed energy in here, creativity and see what can happen. And I hope Darvin Ham can be that. And because he is a first time head coach, it seems like he can be adaptable because he's not working off of a set structure, right? He's kind of, for better or for worse, he's going to be making things up as they go and, you know, kind of imbuing what he's learned. But also, it's his first time taking the reins. And so I'm, I'm excited for that aspect of things. For me, like one of the biggest positives just off the bat is uh, free agency because it's coming up. And as I just mentioned, him being highly regarded across the league as a as a good dude someone that the players will want to play for given how the lakers have such limited resources to work with and they're only going to be working with you know veteran minimums the biggest question is how will they convince players to come and play for them and take a pay cut well they can do that if they know if these players know that they're coming into a great work environment and has a coach that trusts them a coach that they can trust and rely on and one who's going to be real with them right um, that's the only scenario where someone will take a pay cut, where they know, where they know I'm going to be going into a workplace where it's not going to be toxic. I like the coach. I know him. I've seen how he's handled previous players, and I think I'm going to have a good time at the end of the day, regardless of whether or not we win the championship. So for me, I think Darvin Ham will be one of the Lakers' biggest recruiters, this free agency and selling points, right? I mean, you can almost probably book that you know, when Eric Bledsoe gets bought out, hey, former Darvin Ham, they worked with each other in Milwaukee, right? You can almost bet that Eric Bledsoe's coming or you can book Serge Ibaka's coming to us, right, for the vet minimum. I mean, hopefully we're crossing our fingers. Um, so that I think for me, that's the biggest benefit. And then um, on a more macro level, I think given the four-year deal we gave him, we don't know the stipulations of that deal. Hopefully it's fully guaranteed, but... Like you mentioned, this being like a second shot at doing at redoing the Luke Walton thing. Because you know when we hired Luke, we were trying to do what the Rams are doing with Sean McVay, right? We're, we're getting a young coach, and he's going to lead us into the future, and he's going to be our Greg Popovich from age 35 to 58, you know? <laughs> um, I'm not saying Darvin Ham is going to be that, but 
we've gone through the toils and troubles of rotating head coaches ever since Phil. And now that we have a four-year deal here, we seem very deliberate and decisive about this decision. Darvin Ham, I think right now, can be that next long-term bridge between the present and the future, even after LeBron James retires. So for me, it's that question of, could he finally be our answer to sustainability? So yeah, what, any, any last thoughts on his role as possibly a, a great recruiter, someone players want to play for, and then just his role as hopefully being a long-term bridge? Yeah, I mean, it, it would be great to see someone like Eric Bledsoe come over on a cheap deal. Uh, but yeah, yeah, I think you're right. You know, a lot of the times people make their decision just based on the, the coaching aspect, right? Who's there to take me to that next level or who's there to, you know, whoever I worked with before bring back good memories and try to rehash things. So it's, it's a good, um, what, how do you say? I guess like compliment that he's been widely you know, known as a, as a good kind of players coach and, and someone who can really develop people. Um, and I hope that it's a selling point, but you know, we'll see. <laughs> I feel like in, <laughs> in off season, we never can really <laughs> put yeah. our finger on what's going to happen. Um, but yeah, I guess we'll go into that a little later. For sure. But yeah, with that said, we'll talk more about Darvin Ham as the, you know, the offseason progresses, but for now, we're all happy that we got this done. And uh, yeah, it's going to be all butterflies and rainbows till the actual game start, and hopefully he can prove himself there too. But as far as the Lakers go and their new head coach, Coach Darvin Ham, it's a good step in the right direction. So with that said, we will catch you next time. Andy, thank you for joining me in this quick reaction podcast. I will let you go. See ya. All right. Thank you. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.